Hi, welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. Thanks. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, Merry almost Christmas. Today is the 22nd of November. Uh, just as a really quick note, as a reminder, um, on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, uh, the stock market closes 10 a.m. Pacific time or 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And then the stock market is, in fact, closed for Christmas. So if you plan on trading on Christmas Day, well, too bad. You got to either enjoy it being sad or with your family or a combination of both. Um, all jokes aside, though, um, if you do feel a little bit more sad during the holidays, totally normal. It's a normal phenomenon across you know, all the U.S. and probably you know, international. Um, but what I'd highly suggest is volunteering for a soup kitchen or any sort of hospital or you know, your favorite organization. Because you know, what happens is uh, as you volunteer, you realize just how lucky you are to be you know, listening to a podcast about finance, right? Like uh, there's people on the streets uh, that don't know where to sleep every day or every night, right? And they're, they're freezing right now. And sometimes it's hard to imagine that, you know, anyone could be as sad as you sometimes. Uh, maybe I'm just speaking from experience, but why did find that helped the most was offering my hand and helping others whether it's if it's you know volunteering for St. Jude's Hospital or you know you can kind of do what I do where I volunteered for a Magic the Gathering store and I just sorted cards while you know talking to kids it was it's there's just so many ways you can interact with people during the holidays and just offer help um, but also help yourself by just you know getting out there and uh, doing charitable things all right, uh, with that PSA aside, let's go ahead and talk about the weekly plays. Uh, I consider any of my interactions with my followers or um, anybody that supports a site a weekly play. Um, so it's really cool uh, seeing people, you know, just like describing where they're listening to the podcast and like, um, uh, like just where they are when, or what they're doing when they're listening. And so I had someone named Rolo, a uh, shout out to Rolo, who uh, DM'd me saying uh, how I always say in my podcasts that I like assume that all of you are um, basically like driving, like driving to work. Like even in my Twitter shout outs uh, or like announcements, I say like enjoy it on your commute to work. Rolo decided to, you know, shout out his friend and let me know that he actually chops wood in Wisconsin while listening to this. So, friend of Rolo, as you are chopping wood, keep on chopping wood. You, in fact, can chuck more wood than a woodchuck chuck can, and I'm proud of you. Um, so that's one communication. Uh, the second one is someone I had to do like a username change for. Um, I'll keep his name anonymous just for, you know, ThetaGang.com's sake. Um, he is a New Zealand train, train, train driver that lives in Australia. Bruh, that is insane. Like, I'm actually like Mr. International, which is kind of cool, or at least ThetaGang.com is. I'm not as cool as my website. I'm just, I'm just literally projecting my feelings onto it. That's, it's okay, it's okay. 
So yeah, uh, shout out to Rolo, Rolo's friend that chops wood in Wisconsin, and shout out to the New Zealand train driver that lives in Australia. Um, if you guys want to chime in, if you guys want to let me know what you do when you're listening to this podcast, go and tweet at me on Twitter, and uh, I'll go and retweet you if it's cool. Um, but honestly, I'll probably just retweet you no matter what, so get on it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this week's weekly plays is going to be a very long section. I'm afraid to even like cut this part up uh, in editing. I feel like I just I should just like talk it through, because um, a lot happened. Um, I have my script in front of me, uh, but we'll go ahead and just exit that window. Uh, <laughs> so I started the wheel on a lot of stock. Um, if you go on to datagang.com slash trades, that's where you view my trades, all my losers and my wieners. Um, I started the wheel on Snap, Datadog, Starbucks, uh, the trading desk, and Twitter, um, among other um, you know other stocks too. And they're all green right now. Um, but I, you, you guys know me. I hate just you know talking about my winners. Unfortunately. I actually don't have any losers to report this time, and I can't believe I'm complaining about that. Um, but again, that all resides with you know just my internal feelings about gurus. Like it's that's so whack when people just talk about their winners. Um, so yeah, just as an update, I'm starting a wheel on a lot of the a lot of companies that I don't mind owning the stock on. Um, you know, is just to point out a few uh, that I really want to get assigned on um, that just hands down is just target i think that's the only one that i truly truly want to get um assigned on i'm going to sell a tar target option that's deeper in the money uh just to capture more premium as it continues to go up its p e ratio is decent and it pays a dividend uh, i don't know why i didn't sell a deeper in the money uh put uh to start with but it's okay uh, i'll just live with that and so besides the wheels, uh, the na short naked puts that I wrote, um, I actually did go long on stock. I went long on Match, which is the company that heads, uh, you know, Tinder and Hinge. I went long on Snap. I went long on Twitter. And I went long on Datadog. Um, and those four are the current stocks that I'm currently long on. I don't think I'm long on anything else. I got to double check. Let me see. All right, all right. I just had to make sure. So I'm long on stock, meaning like I have stock of Datadog, Match, Snapchat, and Twitter. Um, and any of the short naked puts I currently have at datagang.com slash trades, um, I don't mind owning any of those. So they could go deep in the red. I don't care. I'll end up buying them uh, for full cash at that strike price. Um, but the market is in this very, very odd melt up, which is the total opposite of, you know, what happened last Christmas or around this time last Christmas. Um, so, you know, I'm just kind of riding the wave up. Um, you notice that I'm not doing anything drastic right now. I'm not buying way out the money calls because like I'm calling the, the, uh, the bottom is in right now. 300 is the bottom. We can only go up from here. I'm not doing any of that, right? Uh, what I'm doing is I'm just like strategically, if that's a kind of a stretch too, I'm just, you know, picking and choosing what stocks I want to go long on. And the ones that I don't immediately want to buy, 
I will uh, sell puts on. So um, if you guys don't know, well, you guys should know now uh, from the short put video or the naked puts video, uh, if you decide to sell them, you could get assigned the stock if it goes down too low. Uh, just go ahead and revisit that episode. I think this episode uh, that you're listening to right now will, will be too long if I got too deep into that. And um, if you're also wondering what the wheel strategy is, that is absolutely a video that will come in the future. I, I should actually write that down right now. I've said that for like the last two episodes. So yeah, talking real quick, um, just about each stock that I'm long on. I think this is gonna be a good episode because uh, you know I I heard from some people they only listen to the weekly play section. Some people you know listen to the whole thing. Some people skip to the topic section. You guys are all over the place, and so uh, I'm just gonna give value where you know I think there's value to talk about. So uh, the stock that I'm long on, Datadog. Uh, the reason why I'm long on Datadog uh, among other growth opportunities is that Datadog, um, when compared to Splunk, which is also another data company, um, its market cap is like half the size um, and the short float is like 60%, meaning there's like the 60% of shares that exist are short. Um, There's a large opportunity there for the price to spike given on any good news. Datadog is also, um, you know, uh, on track to become profitable faster than Splunk, so I think that's a huge bonus. And Datadog's just like kind of under the radar. No one's really talking about Datadog, which I'm thankful for, because uh, I feel like I'm a little bit early in it. Um, and it also has a lot of volatility uh, right now. Uh, so if you wanted to sell puts on this thing to wheel in to Datadog, uh, it's pretty much a good move. Um, moving on, Match. Wow, uh, last week uh, Match had an awesome like 6% week um, off of some like parent company news. Uh, I've just always wanted to go in on Match and I think after the recent spike I like actually FOMO'd, um, which is more or less a good thing because uh, you know I'm finally in the stock. Maybe a bad thing because I FOMO'd, but also maybe a good thing because you know uh, I'm just like proving that I'm a real trader just like you guys. I don't make perfect trades all the time. So, um, you know, match, again, solid P&E, no dividend. I mean, it's tech stock, but again, like the P&E is, is like decent. It's like, I think it's at 40, um, which is quite low. I'm like slowly, slowly building up the Becky index. Uh, just unfortunately, everything that belongs in the Becky index is actually really expensive. Like you talk about Lulu, uh, Ulta, Starbucks, match, Apple, like you're talking about like all of the, you know, like the luxury brands. And so those stocks are, I can't just buy a hundred of all of those. I wish I could, that'd be really dope, but I can't. So I'm like just slowly getting into there. Um, Moving on, um, Snapchat. Snapchat, I, dude, honestly, I was asked by Mr. Mikey Millions, uh, host of the YouTube channel of uh, Kamikaze Cash, um, he is, you know, he was just asking me, yo, do you think right now is a good time to buy Snapchat? And honestly, I don't know any good time to buy any stock. And if I did, uh, you know, whenever I go in is probably the best time I think it's going to uh, go up. So with that said, I think right now is a opportune time to get into Snapchat as they start uh, increasing their earnings per share. Um, this next quarter will be their lowest that they've ever been, and then they're going to have a growth period for the next quarter, and it's going to start reducing from there. From the earnings outlooks for Snap, for their earnings per share, 
it will never get lower. I mean, this is the forecasted one. It will never get lower than they are today after next quarter. Sorry if that, you know, is kind of hard to digest right now in the car or whatever you might be doing. Um, but Snapchat is looking to become more and more profitable as, you know, their daily active users start to ramp up again. They have a unique, you know, niche that they target. They target like, you know, teenagers and kids. What other platform does that? But again, you know, kids aren't very brand loyal. So that's another argument brought up. But hey, Snapchat is super cheap. Um, I'm probably going to just hold on to this for probably the rest of my life to see where it goes. Um, but Snapchat's currently trading at 1545. Uh, really not bad to sell puts on, especially if you want to start selling um, puts or start the wheel or, you know, you know, sell like, I think I mentioned this, like the best stocks to start with, um, like beginner trades to start. And Snapchat was one of them because, you know, it's stock price is so cheap. So there you go. I'm officially long on Snap. Uh, and moving on, there is Twitter. Twitter, Twitter's P&E is low. And <laughs> this is really, really, this is, this is kind of segueing into today's topic. Twitter having a P&E like separates it from most other tech stocks. Um, like, you know, for example, uh, you know, Snapchat doesn't have a P&E because it's not a profitable company. I have an episode about P&E ratios that you can go and check out. I'm not sure what episode it is, but you can definitely check it out. It's one of the earlier ones. Um, but Twitter has a P&E of 15. Bruh, 15. 15 is super low for a tech stock. And, you know, Twitter just being profitable in the first place is super good. So, just to put this in perspective, Snapchat doesn't even have a P&E ratio because it's not profitable. And, you know, given like some hyper inflated, you know, tech stock, like let's say AMD, AMD is trading at a 233 time multiple with a P&E ratio of 233. Okay. Compare that to Twitter, which is trading at 15. So, you know, to calculate P&E ratio, it's the current stock price divided by the earnings per share. And so meaning you are getting way more bang for your buck by buying a low P&E ratio stock. And honestly, whenever I check the news or whenever something big happens, I go straight to Twitter. That's that's the most anecdotal thing you'll ever probably hear me. Nah, it's not going to be the most anecdotal thing. I'm going to say lots of anecdotal things in the future episodes. Um, this is a grandiose example of an anecdotal note that I use to, you know, for my due diligence. Whenever something big happens, impeachment, you know, war, missiles, famine, celebrity stuff, whatever, 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 what, whatever it is, I use Twitter. I go straight to Twitter and I go to trending. Um, the only problem that Twitter has, and I mean, like, the only the only gotcha because the graph looks amazing p and e ratio is solid um is jack dorsey so jack dorsey is the ceo and he is going to be part-time in africa and this is you know not so good or maybe it's good for the stock it's really hard to tell because people want jack dorsey to leave like this is one of the few companies where the ceo stepped down the stock price would probably go up um, he's been criticized of, you know, uh, focusing too much time on his bread and butter square, uh, leaving Twitter just kind of like, you know, chilling. But, dude, honestly, like, I, I, I could care less. Good for him. Do whatever, Mr. Dorsey. Like, I'm all about it. 
Um, but that's the only caveat I can say about you know owning Twitter stock. Uh, is that you're susceptible to CEO news like uh, you know Tesla shareholders are with Elon. So that wraps up uh, the stocks that I went long on, uh, Datadog, uh, Match, Snapchat, and Twitter. I have wheel strategies on Pin Pinterest, um, Starbucks, Target, and the Trading Desk. Any of those dip too low, I'm going to go ahead and get assigned, and I wouldn't mind. Um, but moving on, uh, just as a really, really, really quick note, dude, Tesla is on the grind up, bruh. Oh my goodness, Tesla is is 405.59. We are like $15 away from the living breathing meme of 420 funding secured. Um it's actually insane and I I wholeheartedly agree that's going to happen. I don't know what the price is going to be like on the ride up there. Pretty sure it's going to be really whippy at like 420, but dude it, that is crazy what people are betting on this stock is nuts um, but I'm just gonna be keeping an eye on it maybe I'll sell a put credit spread if the price is decent when I you know when 1030 rolls by tomorrow uh, but yeah Tesla it's going up ooh really I almost forgot so I'm going to go long on one more stock uh, tomorrow 100% for sure and because you're listening to this you get the inside scoop I'm gonna be going long on Luckin coffee which is the uh, Starbucks of China I feel like I would like some you know China exposure in my long portfolio and it's cheap enough to where you know if it went to zero I wouldn't care um, but also it has a good growth opportunity as coffee bean prices are going down but demand is going up so their margins are increasing there's a lot of good graphs that Mr. Uh, Peru someone that I follow one of my six people that I follow uh, you can go and check him out and click on Twitter um, and check him out but uh, yeah he posted a lot of bullish articles about Luckin and again I'm just like an average trader like you guys if I see something nice I'm going to buy it so the plan is to buy 50 right at the bell tomorrow, the opening bell. And then throughout the day, I'll buy the other 50. And sometime before the closing bell, I'll write a covered call, which is just a out-the-money call, or like I'll sell one. Um, that's another way of saying it. Wow, we are 18 minutes into the episode, and we are just now starting the new website updates. Um, on ThetaGain.com, closing trades is on the way. Um, but if you look really quickly to Twitter, um, you know, by the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be yesterday. But yesterday, uh, I posted a screenshot of the designs I've been working on for closing trades. Um, you know, you are now going to be able to tell uh, what the max loss is on a trade. You're going to be able to tell what the max profit is. Um, you're going to be able to, you know, see notes, tags, uh, just lots of cool stuff that wasn't there before. Um, that will now be available to you by just putting your trades in how you already normally do. So that's a huge strong point of what I've been working on is that I want to make sure that inputting trades is as less like the least amount of stress possible and meaning that you know you don't have to do a million inputs. Um, I want to make this like trade journal uh, type of workflow uh, as easy as possible and enjoyable as possible. Uh, so just hang on tight. That should be out by 2020. And speaking of 2020, um, the new trade alerts feature will be out and activated 
on January 1st. So um, if you haven't already, you can go and check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash thetagang. The early bird tier 1 and 2, the $20 and the $30 tier, are all sold out. Um, so thank you to everyone that's already signed up. Um, you're going to be charged for the first time on January 1st, and that's when the trade alerts will start for you guys. Uh, but otherwise, you guys have all been given the other benefits, which means you know you get a stock ticker message and you get a flare and all that good stuff. Patreon tells me not to give out those rewards until you're, the, like my users are first charged, but I know all of you are super dope, so I just do it anyway. It's like not a big deal. Um, so if you haven't already, um, if you want to go and make the January 1st cutoff date, otherwise you probably have to wait until February to get the trade alerts. If you want to make the January 1st uh, cutoff date, go ahead to patreon.com slash um, where the $40 tier and $50 tier is available. Um, I've mentioned that, you know, that the $30 tier would probably be still available in 2020, uh, but people scoop that up. So, I mean, the faster you sign up, the, you know, the cheaper you'll get it, and you'll definitely be grandfathered in. I'll never raise prices for my patrons, as long as you're a patron. And to put a cap on this new website update section or Patreon section, uh, patrons uh, actually voted for today's topic. So that is another perk. There's lots of small little perks that I've been giving on the site or on Patreon.com uh, where, you know, Vote, uh, patrons can vote for what episode topic they want or maybe they can vote for uh, you know what medium they want their trade alerts on and all that good stuff um, discord is also coming soon and um, yeah that about wraps it up thanks all right uh, so today's topic uh, it's going to be kind of a tangent. I feel like, my, honestly, my entire podcast episode is a tangent. Um, uh, valuing a company. If a company is overvalued or undervalued. Um, this is different from the question of is it priced in, which is also a, probably a good episode topic. Let me write that down. Hold on. All right. All right. All right. I wrote it down. We're going to maybe talk about that in the uh, 2020 quarter one uh, podcast. Um, anyway. So let's talk about overvalued versus undervalued and how I would like, you know, anyone listening to my podcast or on the website to talk about valuation is that we need to look at it in a more irrational way of thinking about it where, you know, if you think something is valuable, I don't necessarily have to think it's valuable. Even on technicals, if something's overvalued, people will still buy it. So let me just discuss what, you know, why I just said. Um, I could think that Twitter is an amazing company and I want to be a shareholder and I could buy Twitter stock. Um, you might not care about Twitter as much as I do. Maybe you hate it or you just, you know, just don't want anything to do with it. So you don't find the stock valuable. I think value is very relative. And so, you know, without sounding too guru-y, I think I'd give you the best uh, answer and say, like, bruh, uh, you know, overvalued or undervalued does not matter, uh, at least in today's market. Um, you see lots of tech stocks with P&E ratios that are, are over 100. Uh, I'm looking at you, <coughs> AMD. Um, love, I love the company. Stock price is great. Volatility is there. Great company to wheel in. Great company to sell puts on. Um, 
but that is the absolute poster child of a overvalued company. Um, you know, that's that has a PE ratio at least. They, like they're profitable and they're still considered overvalued on the technicals, right? But people are still buying it. And so there's never a reason why you as an investor should ever not buy a stock uh, because you think it's overvalued. Um, just as the market trend tends to always go up, if you can afford to go long on a stock that you are thinking about holding over a long period of time, you should just buy it right now, right? Even right now when AMD's P&E ratio is over 200, right now is a good time to go long on AMD if you plan on holding it. So notice like what I said earlier is if you are an investor, it is good. Now, if you're a trader or someone that likes to trade short-term options, the upside is, you know, it's just a little bit more hindered uh, than the downside here uh, where you don't get to, you know, uh, enjoy the fruits of your stock. Rather, you're just like selling premium or, you know, collecting premium on the options. So I also realized I called AMD the poster child of overvalued and while that might be true for the list of profitable tech companies right now, uh, we haven't talked about Tesla, at least in this section of the podcast. And so Tesla doesn't even make money, but their stock is record high right now, right? So a lot of that has to do with like short action. You know, maybe there's like a lot of people shorting the stock and they get caught shorting it and there's like a squeeze up. That's very much happening right now. You know, a lot of Tesla bears are buried six feet under right now um, because honestly, if you if you shorted Tesla within like this last two months, and I know, you know, thousands of people have, you are so red on your position. It's it's not even funny. Um, so Tesla, people are buying the stock um, and the t company doesn't make any money. And that's the same with Snapchat. People are buying the stock. The company doesn't make any money. At what line do you call something overvalued, right? Something it can always be valued by another person. Like another man's trash is another man's treasure, right? So not saying that Tesla or Snapchat is are like garbage companies, but rather I just want to put emphasis on there should really not be any sort of like um, indicator that you put for yourself as a trader Okay, again, as a trader or even an investor, um, that, that that makes you think overvalued or undervalued. Just for the same reason I just discussed, where if you're an investor, you're going to be holding it for a long time. The market goes up gradually over time anyway, so you don't care about overvaluation there. And that if you are a trader in the short term, well, you're in it for the short term. And over being, something being overvalued isn't going to matter to you in that short time frame, right? You don't care about the lifespan of the company. You don't care about any of the uh, earnings per se of a long term. Like you, you, of course, care about earnings if you're playing earnings. But granted, you don't really care about the long term effects of a company. So um, you, that it, it just it's just not an argument you would bring up if you were a, a sane person. Like, I just want to point out the the people that buy puts and get mad that the company is successful or the stock is successful and the stock goes up. Like, sure, Tesla is can be considered overvalued if you look at the numbers specifically about the company. Like, it doesn't make any money right now. But it does provide electrical vehicles at on a luxury brand 
we we know that brand name counts a lot but those are those are extrinsic values that aren't put on paper and you considering a stock or a company overvalued it makes it seem like you're in this high chair that you know that you think you're correct and that's the only thing that I don't get about like perma bears or like people that have bear theses or theses uh, <laughs> I really don't know the plural of that uh, <laughs> but if I'm about to roast bears I don't even know how to how to say theses theses um, yeah, I feel like if you are on the perma bear train or, you know, you're really bearish on a company um, and you lose because the company goes up and you justify it by saying the company is super overvalued or the company's bad, dude, it honestly, it just makes you look bad, right? Like overvalued, Who who's to say you? I mean, that sucks. I mean, sorry you were caught on the wrong side. I don't know who, uh, like what happened to you. Um, <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, dude! I also gotta go on this tangent. I, I feel like <laughs> this one's super good. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say on this take. Um, so I have this like thesis or this like uh like idea in my head that everyone is a bull, but live long enough and you become a bear, or if something bad happens to you and you become a bear. It's probably the latter. Um, so you know, no one joins the stock market like stock market and says man i want to lose money or man i'm going to invest in this company because this company is is gonna like go down right so everyone is a bull when they first enter the market i i highly i highly like uh what the what is the word i highly doubt that anyone joins the market wanting to short something like right away right so it's not until something really bad happens to you that you become a bear or a perma bear so honestly just like love to learn that the market always goes up or at least it has been historically and then ride that wave like d like don't think anything's overvalued just respect the price action respect the stock price if you notice a squeeze enjoy the squeeze play both sides play the ups and downs play the theta gangway um yeah I, that was a that was a super long tangent and i feel like um I mean that's just the best way I could put overvalued versus undervalued. Um, to put to give you more of like a technical background of what you should look for if you wanted to be technically correct on something. Like for example, again Tesla's like name brand, luxury brand, electric car numbers, whatever. Those aren't really reflected uh, on paper. Um, it's just a feeling or emotion that the stock market rides on, which makes the stock price go higher. Short squeezes happen. But if you wanted to look at more of a technical approach, you absolutely should look at P&E ratio, which is the current stock price to the uh, compared to the earnings per share of the uh, stock. And you can also look at the market cap. How how big is this company? Like how much money is it technically worth right now? Um, and you can look at, you know, I mentioned it earlier, earnings per share. Um, you can either look at that on an annual basis, like how many, or how much earnings does each um, share produce annually, or maybe it's quarterly. I know that you know EBITDA is just definitely something that I just started hearing, like maybe like a year and a half ago. So that's an another metric that you probably want to look at. But aside from those four, and maybe the shares outstanding, maybe you want to know how many shares are afloat and how many shares are being currently being shorted. 
because uh, you, maybe you're maybe you're like a swing trader. You want to look for uh, a short squeeze potential about to happen. Like for example, Datadog has 60% of its outstanding shares um, shorted. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a lot. Splunk, which is the company that I compared it to earlier, has 4% share um, shorted. So I mean compare those head to head. I mean one shows that like has a chance at a short squeeze the other one is like utterly invisible to a short squeeze so um, I hope that gave you a little bit insight on into like how I think um, about just like traders in general and the term overvalued versus undervalued I think this is going to become even more apparent um, as we melt up during this new uh, 2020 decade um, you know it much it's very similar to I think dude honestly spy to uh, spy stock okay let's go there uh, and then look at the last five years there is this melt of that yeah 2016 to 2018 we just melted up like we we maybe dipped very slightly in a few of the a few of the months but other than that <laughs> oh excuse me uh, we have melted up Right now, there's a very strong case for that to happen again. And so what you're going to see is just like FUD, like fear, uncertainty, and doubt about like, oh, the market's too high, whatever, whatever. What I'm urging you guys to do is just ride the wave. So even if you are a bear, and listen to me right now, I believe you. I believe that the market will crash one day, one day. But you know what edge you have as a bear? You can play the ride up, but be careful or be more careful than any of the other bulls. So it's like we can all ride the market up together. You don't have to only buy puts. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that's just that's that's what that's how it's gonna be in 2020. The market's gonna melt up. There's gonna be lots of people screaming that there's gonna be a market crash or how the you know the government keeps pumping money into our like fund and um, you know maybe like repo loans are skyrocketing on cars, but you know it's not as much as houses because cars don't cost as much as houses. Whatever, dude. Just ride the wave up, ride the wave down. You can't time anything. But this is where it's ultra important to practice in what you preach, or at least for me, right? Um, I have to make sure that I don't get overly cocky. I have to make sure that I don't uh, sell too many puts. I d that I don't, you know, sell anything that uh, I think is only a good value for premium. Meaning, like, I'm not gonna sell puts, naked puts, on anything that I don't want to own, even though it might have really high IV, like pharmaceutical stock. Right, pharmaceutical stocks can have like a thousand, two thousand percent, uh, like IV implied volatility, but you know, granted, going to 2020, in this melt up, there are so many other consistent opportunities for me to take on with naked puts, uh, than going to biofarm stock that you know is more like an earnings play based off the clinical trials, and um, just making sure that you know I don't you know sell naked puts on those because I for one, don't like pharmaceutical stocks. And I never want to own them. So, wow, uh, that was a lot. Uh, this is a 35-minute uh, uh, episode. It's probably going to be more because I still need to do my outro. But, again, thank you guys for just <laughs> hanging in there. Uh, let's, let's get to the outro. 
Ooh, all right. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, we have a very, very large outro section. Um, I'm going to go ahead and skip uh, most of it. I think I already talked about it uh, in the new website updates. Um, just as you know, $20 tier and $30 tier is sold out. $40 and $50 tier is available. Uh, if you want to get in before January 1st, that'd be great. Otherwise, you'd be into the trade alerts um, activation on February 1st. So, um, patrons get early access to due diligence. I already talked about that. Uh, they get to vote for podcast topics, and Discord is on the way. Yep, covered all of that. Um, so that's it. I'm going to go ahead, and I just want to say extended shout-outs to Mr. IV, Mr. John Pitchko, PTR, The Iron Man, False, Van Trader, Siriums, Hashbrown441, Bears Taint, Dad, Mike D, Monkit48. We also, uh, just as mentioned, uh, our $30 tier uh, sold out. Um we have, Z, uh, dude, I swear this is Z Dr. Muju, uh, but it's spelled Z D R M J U 321. Uh, and then we have Anthony 511. We have Andrew E. C. Kim. We have L. Finkel. Dude, shout out to L. Finkel. <laughs> L. Finkel. Uh, I think you have one of the dopest flares I've come up with, Kitchen Finks. Um, and we also say hi pretty often on Twitter. Uh, Mitch Brady 7. Mark James It, Make More, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's Make More, M-A-K-5-M-0-R-2, it looks like Make More, uh, I'll try to confirm, uh, Aboroyo Rice, uh, and that's it. So thank you to everyone that's uh, supporting me on Patreon or you know just signed up on the website, honestly that's really helpful too. Um, I'm literally about to Venmo my logo artist like 300 bucks uh, for the logo. We're in the final revision stages. Uh, you guys are going to love the logo. I love the logo. Um, but just to, you know, cap this, you know, episode, just thank you guys um, for everything, just for tuning in. Um, I really do love what I do. Uh, I, you know, I go to work, uh, and then I go to jiu-jitsu, and then right after that, I just work on Theta Gang until I fall asleep. Um, I'm ultra thankful for everyone signed up. Ultra thankful to be alive. Ultra thankful for having parents that love me. Ultra thankful for just like literally everything in 2019 has gone like more or less right for me. And I can't, uh, I'm just entirely grateful for everything that's happened. And I hope 2020 brings the same. Um, well, I'm getting kind of choked up. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Just remember to be thankful for what you have. We're all incredibly lucky to just be listening to podcasts. And I will see you guys in one last episode before 2020. Thanks.